everybody, we're back. It's avoiding the puddle. My name is Aris. I'm here as usual with my good man MYK. What's up, Mike? What's up, Aris? Man, uh, let me tell you, dude. Um, the most annoying thing that has uh, come up with this podcast is scheduling guests. <laughs> I mean, that shit is just out of control. Everyone's busy, you know, and it's really hard to get guests. And I want to get, you know, specific people, not just any random jobber. You know, so uh, the next guest scheduled was Bronson, and he's still planning on, you know, coming on the show, and I, I have a good interview uh, scheduled with him, but he's so busy, he's traveling right now, so it's really hard to get an interview with that guy right now. So, as of right now, as we're recording this interview, uh, this portion, um, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get an interview with someone for this episode. So as of right now, either we're not going to have an uh, interview portion for this episode, or I may be able to get Tom Hilfiger, which is also, you know, a really good interview too. So as of right now, I'm not sure. But in the next few days, hopefully I'll be able to get Tom on here to substitute for, you know, Bronson uh, until we could get Bronson. So we'll see. I mean, that's just one thing I wanted to uh, get across to the people listening, because it's a fucking pain in the ass scheduling for interviews. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so we got a bunch of stuff to talk about as usual, and um, you know some interesting things have transpired in the last few weeks. Uh, first of all, and I know you're uh, you're pretty uh, uh, upset about this, so I'm gonna let you talk about it a little bit. Is the SBO qualifiers that went on? I believe it was like two or three weeks ago um, in NorCal in San Mateo. Um, it was a really interesting event, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but there was a lot of drama uh, with the place it was ran and the way it was ran, so go ahead, start start complaining about that, and I'll jump in. All right, um, well, basically, it was held at a playing trade, which is fine, I guess, but, uh, I mean, it's supposed to be arcade, and it's supposed to be played on arcade, and the first thing we noticed is that, uh, you know, Street Fighter Four was held on arcade with an arcade board, but Tekken was actually on ran on a PS3, just on an arcade wannabe board or whatever. Yeah, here we walk into the game store, and I don't know if they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes or what, like we're retards, but the, the Tekken cabinets have a PlayStation in there, and it's split <laughs> with a back-to-back cabinet, and because of the splitter... It's causing lag. So not only Little is it not massive lag at yeah, first. Not only is it uh, not on an arcade, and this is SBO qualifier, so it needs to be on arcade. Not only is it not on arcade, but it's also it also has lag. So I mean, everyone was really pissed off at this point. We were like, dude, this is ridiculous. So go on. <laughs> the next problem occurs. Go ahead. All right, and then so they decide like, all right, fuck the split between the two arcade cabinets. So they're going to just put it on one cabinet. And then once they did that, um, they had no sound, but the lag was gone. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. And at this point, the tournament is already running like an hour and a half late. So yep. they're, they're separating, you know, they're, they're separating the splitters. They're doing all this shit. They lose sound. And it's like, okay, what the fuck are we going to do? This tournament is already bootleg. What are we going to do? And not to mention, we forgot to mention that this uh, play and trade was a, a family zone, so there was <laughs> there was no cursing allowed whatsoever at yeah. all. I mean, if you're inside this this room with like 500 smelly Mexicans, you can, and you say one curse word, they're gonna get on your case, right? Yeah. So 
I mean, <laughs> it's already shaping up to be a beautiful day, you know? And and they finally get the sound working. They finally get no lag. And we're, we're playing on one cabinet with two controllers on a single cabinet. And it's finally legit. It's like, okay. Yeah, people started getting really hype. And then a couple matches actually happened. Oh, and And then <laughs> another thing happens. Like, I think... I think like the fire marshal or like. No, that's uh, not. That's what happens after. Okay, first thing that happens is they start the tournament. We got a cabinet going. They start the tournament, and then seven two five is playing against some other guy, and <laughs> everyone's hype. It's like okay, SBO quals. We're we're getting some good matches, and all of a sudden his arcade stick breaks while he's playing, and this is the arcade stick that's yeah, he a, the he, Yeah, he hits the Steve Connor back one, and his stick drops into the cabinet. Like, <laughs> like the whole stick, the mounting plate was not screwed in correctly, and apparently the guy who ran the tournament said that he had some guy do it that he doesn't know how to do it. And I was like, tight. You know, so it, it, the whole stick wasn't mounted correctly. It dropped into the machine, and then he ends up losing the match. And then, as if that's not ridiculous enough, like the stick, the arcade machine is falling apart, the fire marshal comes, and all these cops show up, and they're like, yo, there's too many fucking people in here. Everybody get the fuck out. And it was like, <laughs> Dude, at this point, the tournament has ran for two rounds, and everyone like is four pissed. hours late. Yeah, it's four hours late, and everyone is so pissed off. And then fucking the firemen comes and the cops come, and they're like, "Everybody get out! It's too many people in here." And we're like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me! This is like, I've never even heard of this shit." I mean, back in the day when we used to run tournaments on paper plates, we didn't have problems like this. This was just. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was smoking like uh, like 25 cigarettes. I think I smoked like 37 cigarettes that day, you know? <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so stressed out. And like, you know, no sleep the night before, and it's already becoming like 4 o'clock. <laughs> no, it's already becoming 4 o'clock, and we go outside, and not only do we get kicked out of the playing trade because the, the fire marshal came, but the cops come outside, and they're like, there's a no loitering, strict no loitering laws in this city. So you guys can't stand out here. And I'm like, where the fuck do you want us to go? And he's like, go for a walk. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Go for a walk? You know, I, we came to this tournament, and they're like, it's a fucking family zone, blah, blah, blah. And so at this point, everyone is just furious. And everyone's like, you know, starting to create like this pitchfork mafia that we need to take the whole SPO qualifiers to Sunnyvale Golfland. Yeah. And it was like, you know, fuck this, let's go to an arcade and run a tournament like, you know, like normal people. So the guy running the tournament, he's like pooping his pants already. He's so stressed out. And he, I mean, you know, he means well. He just had no idea what he was getting himself into. You know, yeah. it's like running a tournament like this with arcade, you know, with the arcade community, you're not going to be, you're not going to get a bunch of like, you know, Mr. Nice guys. Everyone's going to get pissed. Everyone's going to bitch. And every, uh, unless everything goes perfectly, you're going to get an earful. So unfortunately for this guy, you know, he, he got bitched out a lot and, you know, he got stressed out. So he ended up buying everyone pizza and stuffing everyone inside this pizza place while he got his shit together. So he finally got his shit together. And finally, after everything, Mark Man hooked him up with a couple TE sticks. They got a yeah. second setup going. You know what the thing was, too, about the sticks? Yeah, like sticks that were on the cabinet weren't actually Sanwa sticks. They were cheap, like Chinese replicas of Sanwa sticks. So they're like, 
they're all going to break anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. I, I to be honest with you, personally, I thought the sticks on the cabinet were good. Like I used them and I liked them. Yeah, but yeah I was checking I'm, them out too. But then. I don't know. I don't know what they were. I I just know that this guy. I mean, I forget his name. I don't know who he is, but you know, he's trying to run an arcade. He's trying to open an arcade, and I I respect that because you know I love arcades. But dude, no, you know, no cursing, and you know, come on. Give me a break. If if you're going to get all stressed out about people complaining, you don't need to open an arcade because that's what it's all about, cursing and complaining, you know? Yeah, that's the whole arcade culture, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to understand what you're getting into, and if you're going to run a tournament like this, you know, it's it, you got to you got to plan ahead, you got to get the cabinets correctly, you got to figure out how many fucking people you can have in the room so the cops <laughs> don't come and tell you to go outside. You know, it was just it was just out of control, really. So, I don't know. Lessons learned. The good thing about the tournament is that after everything, you know, got its, you know, everything got cleared up and we started getting real matches going. There were actually really good matches, and it yeah, was really was. hype. You know, like everyone in the crowd was like fucking WrestleMania, and it was like really loud and hype. And you know, that's that's what kind of salvaged the tournament. Because if it wasn't for that, and if it wasn't for good matches going and just people watching being really hyped up and loud, that tournament would have been a catastrophe. And even at the end, though, it's like, you know, when we finally start getting good matches, like, everybody out. You're not in the tournament out. out yeah, out. yeah. At the end, they made it. They closed. Play and trade closed because this shit took so long. And they were like, you can't be in here. You can't go in and out. So I was like, okay, I can't smoke then. He's like, yeah, you can't smoke. So for the last, like, hour, I was, like, just no cigarettes, hella nervous, and, like, you know, I was really pissed, but that's just the way it happened. And they were just kicking people out, and people were, like, spectating from outside. It's like and, a zombie invasion yeah. outside. Yeah, <laughs> you look over to the entrance, there was, like, a hundred people just staring in, you know, like they wanted in and shit. But, I mean, like I said, you know, the, they got lucky that they got all their shit together, and there were good matches, so, you know, it salvaged the tournament. But, I mean, for the future... You really got to plan ahead, and you got to know what you're getting into because playing trade and family zones and stuff, you know, forget that shit. Yeah, I mean, gonna... I mean, they also came with us uh, to dinner and whatnot, and they were saying like, you know, man, we really should have planned ahead. <laughs> this is like planning only a week ahead was not enough time. <laughs> that you know, I didn't hear that until you told me. That is like a total slap in the face. You're planning a week ahead for SBO qualifiers when you need cabinets and you don't even have a fucking arcade? You know what I mean? <laughs> what are you gonna do? John Choi told me that that fool called him the night before, like, yo man, hey uh <laughs> you got a do you got a Street Fighter four board I could borrow? Like the night before SBO quals. Like John Choi's just got a so he just keisters Street Fighter Four boards up his ass whenever he needs them. You know, no problem. Let me just pull it out. You know, give me a break, dude. Come on, let's plan ahead, please. If you're gonna yeah. take on the responsibility of running a important tournament like SBO Quals, just plan ahead, and you know, or any tournament, any tournament, you know, just do the proper planning and make sure the fucking fire marshal doesn't come over and <laughs> tell you to get the fuck out. You know, yeah. so. And Stop bitching at the people when everybody's already stressed out anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so that's that. That's one thing we wanted to cover. <laughs> and a big and, congratulations to the Team SoCal winning it at the end. Yeah, I mean, in the in the end, we, we it was uh, me, Sukin, and Rip against uh, Mr. Naps, Naps, Master Bolo, and Willpower. And man, it was really uh, intense. Everyone was yelling and shit, and there were great matches. I don't, I, I think someone recorded them, but I don't know if they're up yet or. 
or what, but I mean. Well, let it, me know. Did my did my strat work when I told you it's like stop doing up forward fours and then you started using down ones? Did that work at the end? Well, I mean, I definitely stopped using up forward four because you told me that, and I thought to myself like, yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I think I may have used it once against him. Yeah, but it but, hit. That one hit. It, yeah, it did hit. <laughs> but um. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I consciously replaced it with down one because you could still sidewalk down one. So I don't know if that's uh, that was a good solution or not, but it ended up working. I mean, all I thought to myself is, yeah, you know, Mike's right. This guy does sidewalk my up forward four like all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I stopped I stopped doing it, and it worked out. It was down to the last fucking... Yeah, that shit wow. was hella intense. And then as soon as you hit the counter at down one, and then before you even inputted the stomp, you're, like, getting up. Yeah. Like, three cigarettes in your face. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I was so stressed out. It was definitely the most stressful tournament I've ever played in. Uh, definitely, without a doubt. And it was really intense, and, you know, we pulled through, so I'm excited about that, and, you know... That's the end of that. Uh, the guy who ran the tournament, that guy needs to uh, practice a few times. Uh, you know, that guy, I don't know about that guy. Anyway, um, <clears throat> another thing we wanted to talk about is, um, okay, we, we, you know, people are asking me and sending emails about, you know, uh, why do I play Dragonoff when I could be playing a much better character? And why is it that, you know, balance is so important to me? Because I've mentioned several times that uh, balance is the most important thing in a fighting game to me. Um, the reason I feel that way is because I feel like when you play a fighting game and you connect with a certain character, you should be able to put in the right amount of work and take that character to the top. It, the game shouldn't restrict you from um, taking a character of your choice and reaching whatever level you want to reach as long as you put the time in. Now, there are games out there that are really unbalanced. And in these games, it's like ridiculous. It's impossible to reach the top with certain characters. And other characters are just so good, just over the top good, that, I mean, why would you not pick them unless you, you, you just want to not have fun? You know? Yeah, like like Marvel too. You only see like what eight characters or ten characters used out of like fifty eight or fifty six, something like that. Yeah, that's exactly true. I mean, it's like you know, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time unless you're gonna pick a top tier team in that game? Yeah, and, it's like you're never gonna win with any other characters. Yeah, and that's not Marvel is a very unique game because it's probably the most unbalanced game in history. Yet it's one of the most the longest played competitively and one of the most um popular before yeah, Street Fighter 4. I, I mean, yeah, I love watching Marvel. That game gets, like, mad crazy, and there's mad history and mad hype about it, too. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's kind of an anomaly, but generally speaking, unbalanced games, you know, are not popular. People don't usually like them. Um, and I definitely don't like them. And, you know, that's part of the reason. Now, let me let me read to you a passage from The Art of War. It's In The Art of War, it says, Keep in mind that a large army is easy to predict while a small army can go undetected and may be difficult to predict. Now, what that means when you apply it to fighting games is, if you have a balanced game, let's say like Tekken 6, mm -hmm. if you have a balanced game like Tekken 6, and you have a character, let's say like Lars, who generally most people agree is a top-level character, you know, top class. Mm -hmm. If you have a character like Lars, and there's a shitload of Lars players out there, obviously when you sit down against a Lars player... You're going to know, okay, this is Lars, 
I know what's good about him. I mean, I know what to look for. When you have a character like Lars, it's kind of predictable because you know why they're using Lars because he's top tier. So you can predict things like a 4-3 abuse. You can mm-hmm. predict things like um, forward 2-4 as punishes or sidestep arc blast or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, his back Down dash. Back four yeah, and down back all- four. His back dash is extremely good. So you can predict that they're going to be using backdash more than average. I mean, you tell me, Mike, what are the strengths for Lars that you can predict a player will do? I mean, with Lars, generally, he's like a really strong punisher. So, you know, if, if, they're, if, they are good, if they are a good Lars player, you, you know, they're going to be looking for a lot of openings with like, you know, sidestep arc blast after a whiff or like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if they block anything minus 12, they're going to use 4, 2, 4, anything like that. But like, Generally, like the shittier large players will do like random a four three, mm-hmm. a four three, and it's like, oh god, I think they're gonna attack a four three. But you know, that's like really easy to deal with if you if you you know seen yeah, that kind of play. It's, it's pretty much when you put them in a situation where they have to defend themselves, they'll usually do a four three. And Especially if they have like really bad defense too. Yeah, I mean, it's not just Lars. You know, the the point of bringing this up is. When when the the passage I read, you know, it, it's talking about a large army being predictable, and that's kind of the case with T4 Jin. I mean, in T4, every fucking cynic on the planet was playing Jin, and they all sucked. You never saw a fucking random Jin player winning. It was always like in SoCal, it was always Tom Hilfiger, String Bean. You know, like people that are playing really good characters and have learned how to beat random Jins. You know, yeah. and and that's the thing. Random gins are the large predictable army. Random larses are that large predictable army. That's and why, they, like in like tournaments, you'll see like a random Kuma player just beating the shit out of people. It's like because people don't have experience against that character because he's not very popular. That know? is exactly true, and that's what I was going into next. The small army, which is a character that's not popular or is lower tier, is very unpredictable because there are no glaring. Uh, moves that you can look out for. There is no obvious advantage, and you probably have way less experience against them. I mean, everyone has experience against Lars, Bob, you know, Law. I mean, ever there's a billion of players of those characters. But you know, characters that like Kuma or you know Leo or um, I don't know a lot of different characters in this game that are not very popular. You know, you don't have a lot of experience with them. And let's say somebody puts a lot of time into that character and is really becoming an expert level player with this character. I mean, they're going to be very hard to beat. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be very difficult to beat uh, some, someone that uses a character like that. I mean, look at um, during Evo, uh, Fighting GM versus Demonic Toy. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, all, all joking and shit talking aside... The bottom line is... That's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. I mean, you know, Armor King is not a very popular character, but he's potentially a very good character. And this guy, Demonic Toy, he's very dedicated, and he plays only Armor King, and he pulled through. And it was because Fighting GM was not prepared for Armor King. I mean, he ended up beating him two times. And, I mean, I I don't think anyone can argue that Fighting GM is a better player than... Uh, demonic toy. I mean, even I'm sure even demonic toy would say so. You know, but the bottom line is you got to be prepared for everyone, and it's those small armies that can be way more devastating than an expert player. 
in tournaments. You know, you got to be prepared to be beat down by a, a shitty character or an unknown player. You know, it, it can happen very frequently. And that that uh, the existence of that is what I really like about uh, balanced fighting games. You know, you should be able to play any character you want and succeed as long as you put the time in. I mean, that's my opinion. What's your most op- uh, uh, what's the most important thing to you about fighting games, Mike? Uh, I mean, balance is very good, but also like another thing about fighting games is uh, if it's fun. That's basically about it for me. But uh, like on this topic, like for like a lot of people, like they tell me like they want to switch characters or you know they're they're not having very much success with their like character because they think they're low tier or whatever mm-hmm. and they always like go on the basis of like my character's low tier i gotta switch to a higher tier character you know yeah. and then they switch to like well, i don't know let's say like lars or bob and they do even worse mm-hmm. that's exactly why that happens it's because um because they're so popular and then everyone already knows every schmo and joe's fucking <laughs> lars player they already played and it's like you know you're just catching up to like an average or decent Lars player, and yeah. it's like everybody already knows that. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, my character isn't that good, and even though they've been playing that character for maybe a year or two, they think like, oh, this character isn't good enough. I'm gonna switch. But you know, when you switch, just because a character looks easy to use or simple, like let's say you know Lars, he's pretty straightforward. He's you know a simple character. But you're not going to be able to win just being some watered-down, bootlegged Lars where you're just copying other people without tournament experience with the character. You're not going to win. You might as well fucking, you know, quit if you're going to do that, you know? It's just not going to happen. Um, in a good game, in a balanced game, you're not going to find characters that you can just switch to and succeed with. You, you know, it's just not common in a balanced game. And uh, people have the idea, like, oh, you know, this guy's top tier, I'm going to drop fucking Yoshi, or I'm going to drop Kuma, and I'm going to pick, you know, Bob, or I'm going to pick Law, and I'm just going to hella win. You know, that shit is not going to happen, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, let's say if you put, like, a year into, like, playing Yoshi or something, it's going to take you, like, a year and a half to play, like, another character to to get to that tournament level, you know? Exactly. I mean, you know... Personally, I've been playing Dragonall for a really long time, and <clears throat> I, I want to play Fang, but I know the amount of dedication it's going to take to get my Fang to the level that my Dragonoff is at is just out of control. I will have to sacrifice years' worth of tournaments, potentially doing well with Dragonoff, just to level up my Fang to be tournament-ready. I mean, it's just so much investment. That, you, you know, you can't just switch. It doesn't work that way. Especially when you've invested a ton of time in one character. It's just not smart to just switch to a better character just for the sake of doing better because it's a better character. You yeah, know, it's, it's generally it's not going to happen that yeah, easily. It, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a different thing switching because you like a character more or you feel like you are comfortable with that character more. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you should do it, but you're not going to succeed right away. It doesn't matter how good the character is. It requires a ton of time. And actually, that brings me to the next topic. You got an email from some dude. Who, who sent you an email, and what's the email about? Uh, I got an email from a dude named uh, Matt Chung over in Australia. Okay. And then he was basically asking me, like, 
Um, he's been playing Yoshi for, oh, well, that was the first topic, you know, we already covered that. But the next one he asked is like, um, what does it really mean to master a character? Like memorizing juggles, frame traps, you know, setups, all that stuff, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, what's your opinion on that? I'll give mine afterwards. Um, what's mastering a character? Well, I guess like knowing every specific thing about your character first. And then I guess like, you know, like punishers. You know, like, uh, you know, like, general stuff like, what's my tracking move? You know, what moves tracks to this side? What moves tracks to the other side? You know, what's a good way to, like, start an offense with this character? You know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, like, you know, just starting off, like, an offense with, like, a down forward one. Does this character have a decent down forward one? Or does this character have a good low poke or something like that? Yeah. And, and then after that, it's all about learning how to, f- how to use that character against 40 other characters. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like for example, like um, I've been playing Leo recently and fighting against like Brian or something, and he has a you know the soccer kick, yeah. and it's not like Lars where forward two four will reach every time. Yeah, it's like I have to like I have to know when my one four is gonna reach or when yeah. my you know just gotta know that you know like general punishing stuff you know. Yeah, well, um, I I agree with you to an extent. I think there are two versions of mastering a character um there's the general you know in conversation version and then there's the real version and to me okay if you're gonna say oh you know i've mastered a character the real thing the real uh true mastery of a character in my opinion is um being able to in tournament in clutch know this character like it's an extension of yourself and when it's like for example, when you touch a hot stove, you instantaneously move your hand because you feel the pain. Well, it's kind of like an extension of yourself, as in if you see something dangerous occur on the screen, you know exactly what to do to prevent the danger. Instinctively. Instinct, exactly. Uh, to, to, when you play a character long enough, you eventually have this connection with the character where you don't really have to think about what you need to do Instead of thinking about that, you're kind of thinking about what the opponent's thinking. So once you get to that level where you no longer have to think, okay, you know, this guy's well, going to do... What have to do is yeah, yeah, exactly. Just comes out. Exactly. The move just comes out. You, you don't need to think about that. So all you need to think about is what is my opponent thinking? How is he playing? Is he turtling? You know, what is, is he going to do a low? Is he about to do a throw? He's got rage. All that stuff. You know, it's all mind games after you have mastered a character but like i said there are two versions of this term mastery um that's one and i think okay that's one thing but in my true opinion you can never really master a character because no game is played long enough for you to be to to master one character there's always a sequel that comes out and just like in chess you know master chess players it they it's a well-known fact in the chess community that if you the only way to become a master chess player is to be playing at least for 10 years and i was talking to a friend of mine about this recently um i agree with that you have to be doing the same thing for about 10 years to be a true master of a character. Now, obviously, that's, like, impossible, because no game is played for ten years. There's always sequels, there's always updates and changes to the character. So, I guess the answer to that question, in my opinion, is that you can never really master a character, 
but you can only strive to achieve mastery. But because we're not going to be able to play the same character for 10 years, it's not going to happen. So you know, that's, There's another interesting point about that, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's not just the mastery of your character as well, because um, as soon as you get to, like, you know, a peak or, like, a plateau, and you, you think you're, you you got everything down with this character, mm-hmm. you're going to be playing against people. And people always evolve. They always adapt. They're going to adapt to what you're doing. Yeah. So it's, yeah. like, an ongoing process of, you know, trying to get better. Yeah, I, exactly. And, and you know, I, when Nin was here and I was hanging out with Nin from Korea, he told me that, in his opinion, after two years, you barely learn how to play a character. Two years. And he's talking about two years in Korea where you play fucking 50 people a day, you know? So uh, I agree with him. I agree with him. It takes a very, very long time to even approach becoming, like, an expert player of this character, let alone master. You know, it doesn't happen. But here's one thing you can do in 10 years. You can be a master competitive fighting game player. You know, that's that's a different... Uh, story. You know, if you play competitive fighting games and apply the um, strategies and mindsets to whatever game you're playing, that's a, a completely achievable task. And many people, there are many fighting game players out there who I personally would consider just masters of the art. Doesn't matter what game they're playing, they are expert level, uh, master level, tournament competitive fighting game players doesn't matter what they're playing. That's just like a arbitrary part of the equation. What they're playing doesn't matter. It's just a matter of them learning how to play it. The point is that their their mind is ready to be top level whatever they play, you know? So, uh that is achievable. But as far as a character, you know, uh, it's something you should strive for. It's something that, you know, dedication uh will take you towards, but I don't think it's possible to really master a character completely because no game is played long enough for it to really happen. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, chess, if it takes te- chess like 10 years and everybody already knows like the general rule of chess. Yeah, no shit. I mean, what the fuck is the other guy going to do? You know, he yeah. has the same options as you and it takes yeah. 10 fucking years. So I'll Imagine how long it takes for a fighting game. <laughs> yeah, imagine, uh, let's say Tekken 6, right? Imagine if uh, one color, let's say black, was one character. Like Dragonoff is black. In chess, uh-huh. right? Well, there's like <laughs> fucking 39 other colors, and they all have different moves. You know, I mean, imagine <laughs> that 10 years just for one character. Let's say we're gonna call it a character. One character, give me a break, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, and then you, that instead of like what, like I don't know how many chess pieces there are, but there's yeah, gonna be like know, 100 chess pieces, and those are the moves. They can all do just one move. You know, come on. <laughs> chess is a very simple game that involves a lot of uh, predicting and a lot of um, you know uh, memorization. You know, you have to just be able to look ahead several moves and predict what the opponent's gonna do. Okay. You know, but this is totally different. We play fighting games. We introduce the mind games, but there also are reflexes that don't apply in chess. There's also execution that doesn't apply in chess. And you know, come on, how the fuck are you gonna master that? You're not. You know, you're not gonna do it. So I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much my opinion on mastery. Also, this guy asked about uh, the name of the podcast, right? Oh, yeah, he was also wondering where Avoiding the Puddle came from. Yeah, well, when I was trying to name the podcast, I was uh, I used to be a Yoshi player, and I've always been a fan of Yoshi until he fucking sucked in this version of the game. But 
Um, I always loved that move name. It's a it's a translation error of his up forward four. It's just translated badly, avoiding the puddle. So I thought that that's a good move name. And then at the same time, I felt like it kind of has like metaphorical applications where like, what is the puddle? You know, what are what are you trying to avoid? Maybe you're trying to avoid being a scrub, and that's the puddle. And, you know, that was my intention. And then, funny thing is, at Evo, people were like, is that what that means? What does that mean? Avoid being a scrub? And I was like, wow, okay, that worked out exactly like I wanted it to. So, you know, that's that. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even know that was a Yoshi move, too. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly true. I mean, people are just like, what the fuck is that? But whatever, I like it. If you don't like it, I'll... Anyway, um... The last thing I wanted to talk about, which is really kind of um, bad news and interesting news, and I just read about it this morning, so I don't have all my facts together yet, but I read on Kotaku that some guy in Australia has figured out how to mod PS3s so that you can play video games off of your hard drive and without the disc. Now, there are two videos on YouTube of the guy doing this, and in the videos, what he does, it's, it's a USB dongle, and I assume this dongle has some kind of uh, script on it, and all you do is plug it into your PS3, and then what he does is he puts in a video game like Uncharted 2, he, you see him put in the disc, and then he puts the disc in and goes through the menu, and then he activates like another game, like God of War 3. So he's playing God of War 3 off of the hard drive while Uncharted 2 is in the PS3. And so what that means pretty much is that you can, you know, rent a game and then keep you it on your hard drive. own it now. Yeah, yeah, so pirating, obviously, right? So that's the first thing I thought. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, they finally cracked the PS3, and I'm sure Sony will have some response, you know, to this uh -oh. to prevent it from happening. <laughs> yeah, that's uh -oh. where the bad news comes in. So I continue reading... And I hear that the future firmware update of the PlayStation 3 is going to disable the USB ports from using any third-party um, USB stuff. So you can only use Sony products with the USB ports. That's what Which I read. Is extremely bad news for that tournament players. That is fucking catastrophic. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means. As in Sony licensed. USB products. I don't know exactly what that means. For example, is a is a TE stick a Sony licensed Still product? <laughs> I don't know. Is you know, I don't know. My Hori stick is a yeah. USB uh, hard drive. You know, I don't you know, know a if Pelican these... converter. Exactly. You know, all that exactly. Is a Pelican converter a licensed um, or a Elecon converter? Are these licensed products? I mean, potentially. This could mean that we will not be able to use our controllers. We will have to use Sony controllers. Now, as I said, this is fucking fresh off the presses. I don't know the details about this. I just read about it, and it's such bad news that I thought I'd bring it up on the podcast. Um, I, I will talk about it again when I get more information, but that could fucking suck. So I mean, if that's true, I mean... It means, like, everybody has to move over to an Xbox or something. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Let's not jump to conclusions. You know, I don't know exactly oh, what it means. But all I know is that Sony is going to do something. I mean, it's been four years, and no one's been able to hack the PS3. So Sony is just... All they're going to do is un update the system with the firmware that makes it so that 
if you don't download this, you won't be able to use PlayStation Network. I mean, that's all they need to do because everyone uses that shit. You got to use PlayStation yeah. Network. So if if they do that and it fucks everyone over, it makes it so that for you to be able to use your arcade stick, you have to not use PlayStation Network and not get a firmware update. I mean, that could be really bad, you know. So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll get some uh, information on that soon. And um, I don't know. It just was really bad news, so I thought I'd bring it up, and hopefully uh, we get that cleared up soon. But uh, er anyone who is listening to this, if you have any news on it, or any information, or any links, send it over to me, because I'm very interested in this. Send it over to contact at imtekken.com, and, uh, you know, send me a link. I want to read up about this, and I'll talk about it again if it's an issue. Um, anyway, so, I mean, that's pretty much all the topics we wanted to cover uh, like I said earlier, I don't know if, if, for sure if we're going to have a guest on this episode. Uh, hopefully we do, and it, it, it's either Bronson or Tom Hilfiger. If not, uh, thanks for listening, uh, but <laughs> I don't know for <laughs> sure. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. Hopefully there's another guest. If not, take it easy, Mike. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. See you, man. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs>